1: sense of control, the truth is you don't know what the future holds. Even though you live in the valley of shadows, he holds you close. Shines through the darkest of rooms, makes all things new, here's a clue, the liar will lose the truth.
0: suppose this will be a trip into the past and back to the present with tonight's featured artist on the antidote i got into the music of slow coming day back in 2003 with their debut album farewell to the familiar and i wasn't the only one enjoying their music that album made quite an impact but it was one of those cases where the band was there and then quickly disappeared until now the band surprised everyone when they got back together Tonight's opening song, Let Go, comes from Slow Coming Day's new release, A Thousand Years Like a Day. I had a long talk with the band's frontman about their history and what's happening now with Slow Coming Day. So let's get into that right now, along with a song from long ago called A Midsummer's Nightmare. Orion Walsh is frontman of Slow Coming Day. Really good to have you here for a talk on The Antidote. Good to be here. I have to ask you about your first name. I mean, were your parents astronomy or mythology buffs?
2: Yeah, um, my dad loved to look at the stars. So he was an astronomy buff. Um, And believe it or not, uh, it comes from, uh, also, you know, Orion's written about in the Bible, too, in the book of Job. That's right. Yeah, but both reasons. So it was because it's um, biblical, and also he liked to look at the stars. (laughs)
0: okay what about another name question what's the root of the band name slow coming day
2: that's a great question too um yeah you know we used to not talk really about that (laughs) but now i'm i'm okay to just tell the truth about it the drummer thought of the name matt bailey our drummer and uh I remember him coming down. We were staying in Huntington beach, actually where I am now on vacation, but, uh, Matt came down and he's like, I've got the name for the band. You know, he's like Sunday day real estate's already taken, but he's like slow coming day should be the band name. And he's like, because it seems like such a slow day of the Lord's return, you know, of Christ's second coming. And also it has a double meaning, like in our lives, it sometimes seems like we're kind of trudging forward and we might not see any progress. And it's just a very slow process sometimes to reach our goals or, um, you know, ambitions that we have in life. So it kind of has a double meaning.
0: The Slow Coming Day jumped into the music scene in 2002. I heard that you guys were just kids when the band started up.
2: We were, yeah. You know, the bass player and drummer, they were 20 years old, and me and Brad were 19. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was 19. Brad was twenty and the other guys were twenty one. And one of our first shows that we ever played was with Starflyer fifty nine and Stavesaker and it was believe it or not in a small bar in Orange County, twenty one plus. Of course the drummer and the bass player could go into the bar, but me and Brad actually had to sit outside for the show. So we walked up on stage and played. Brad was a big fan of Starflyer and I'm a big fan of state And so we had to listen to them sitting outside of the club. <laughs> <laughs> so we were quite young yeah we were quite
0: young that's nasty your favorites and you can't even see them play yeah Well, you guys didn't go halfway either i mean signing in 2003 to tooth and nail records that must have been like a dream come true
2: it was you know and it was always my dream you know i have gotten to do some of my dreams and one of them was to sign to tooth and nail and to have to book I me mean, day be successful in that way and you know, just everything happened really fast. Everything with Slow Coming Day happened fast. We recorded an EP. It was six songs. And then, you know, the Militia group put it out. We um, had a song that was on the Deep Elm Emo Diaries in those early days. We had a song that was on another compilation with Velvet Blue Music, Mm -hmm. uh, an American label in, in California. Then it was like we were talking to a Militia group about signing. We were talking to tooth and nail and then believe it or not even vagrant records was coming to our shows Wow! and it was kind of this this time where i don't want to say this but you know emo and indie rock music or whatever you want to call it that particular style of emo was becoming real popular especially here where we were a band from from orange county you know from california and so that was really getting popular we were just there at the right time i guess
1: Like a record replay
0: Experience with the band was that Tooth and Nail debut release, Farewell to the Familiar. It had a gorgeous love song called Captivated. Okay, so now it's time for the juicy details. Who was the girl in the song?
2: (laughs) Yeah, the truth comes out um, years later. uh, Of course, only my friends, you know, and people that knew the band knew, you know, the details behind the song. But um, Captivated was about a girl named Angie, my first serious girlfriend. And um, she's from Orange County, and we're not together anymore, but uh, we were very in love at the time. And, um, you know, years later, now she's married and and has a happy family, and that's that's good. But uh, that's what the song is about. It's about really, truly being infatuated and in love.
0: (laughs) And is she still happy about being immortalized in the song?
2: (laughs) Hopefully she holds a special place for it in her heart, so...
0: Slow Coming Day really just lasted, what, for a single album with Tooth and Nail? What happened?
2: Yeah, it was like, um, how would I say? It's like when things happen so fast, sometimes it's, it was like a flash in the pan, you know? Like, what happened was truly, uh, the kind of the bad part of the story is that we went on the road. Initially, it was great. We, we opened up for May and Copeland, and we had never toured. Other than playing in California and Oregon and Washington. And so we go on this major tour where the smallest show we were playing was for 350 people, and most shows were sold out. All the West Coast was sold out. A lot of the East Coast shows were sold out. And like the very first show was for 1,200 people.
0: Amazing.
2: And it, it was like a dream come true. I mean, I remember a guy handed us our guitars. And we walked up and like plugged in our in our amps, you know, like something you see on you know a movie, you know, and it was like you hear all these people cheering and it's just like it was kinda like a blur, you know, in a way. It was beautiful, but it can't really sustain itself. <laughs> so what what happened was is that uh, things happened really fast. Then right after that tour, we went on tour with Amber Lynn and Me Without You and, and Emory. Wow. And yeah. And then after that <laughs> After that, we got a booking agent immediately here in Orange County and he put us on the road and we were so ambitious at that time that we said, we want to go on the road and we don't want to come home. And that was a big mistake on our part. So we burnt ourselves out. We went on the road for basically four and a half months straight with coming home only three days. I mean, some of my own bad actions but that was one of the main things, like, the demise of the band. Also, uh, going on the road for too long. And um, we also saw that not a lot of the same people came back to our shows when we weren't playing with these bigger bands. And we were on the road with all secular bands. We didn't go on the road with Christian bands other than May and Copeland and the Tooth and Nail Tour. But after that, when we had the booking agent, they tried to make me Day, like, you know, we weren't allowed to play churches anymore, we couldn't do any of that. And it was just like all general market. And I don't think that was such a great idea. You know, we toured with some great bands. We toured with This Lions and Gatsby's American Dream and other ones. But um, that was what really burned us out. Our own ambition was a little bit too high. Unrealistic.
0: That's tough, but I understand that yeah. too. I've heard that from so many bands. They sort of explode onto the scene and then they almost implode at the same time.
2: Right. And our story isn't, we're not unique or different in any way. I mean, there's other bands that were also on tooth and nail and and on other labels too, during that time that like put out one album that was really good, or maybe they even put out two albums and then the band basically broke up. And so it was really hard for us to not be in that vicious cycle of an indie band or a sign band where they have to come home and work day jobs. Then they go on the road and back and forth. For a time, Slow Coming Day kept going on for a couple more years with a couple different band members, and we mostly just played uh, in California, but we did end up doing a couple other national tours. And um, Tooth & Nail renewed the contract for us, so we were going to put out another album, but um, we ended up, you know, things like you said, kind of you know, imploded on the band. So we, we ended, and then um, i was been doing solo music for 10 years, and then we decided to come back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Still in my heart again
0: Don't even think about dumping on me about emo music. It had a solid place in the music scene and still does. That was the gorgeous track captivated from Slow Coming Days Tooth and Nail release Farewell to the Familiar. The band carried on for a little while after that and let's hear that story from Orion. After you finished with the label, finished with the touring and the band was almost closing up, you brought out my favorite Slow Coming Days song. Police and paramedics—a okay, brutally yeah. sad song. What inspired that?
2: The absolute truth behind "Police and Paramedics" is that really happened to me. It's—it's it's a true story about my own battle with alcoholism, and God kind of bringing me out of that, and you know, giving me new life. Mm. Um, and you know, now I've been sober seven years, and I'm super thankful for that. With "Police and Paramedics," it wasn't like. For me to tell my sob story, it's more like, if this can help other people, then it's done its job, you know. Mm -hmm. And I know for a lot of people, it it was a personal story. And that was one of our best songs towards the end of the band. Um, We we put out another EP that was just kind of on MySpace. And uh, it was a little bit popular. Uh, It was very mainstream music. It was called Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace.
0: And And guess where I got uh, a copy of that from? all those years ago <laughs> from MySpace.
2: Wow. So during that time, you know, it was interesting because this guy emerged who had managed Creed and he had managed guns and roses. And he said, I want to sign slow day to wind up. I want to change the band name. And you guys are going to be kind of like a new Google dolls, but not that big, but he's like, I think we can sell this music, you know, to like the mainstream population. And, uh, It all sounded great, but it ended up that he wrote a book and he moved to a foreign country. So that never came to fruition.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he would have gone for it? I mean, that's quite a change.
2: It's quite a change.
0: You know, initially,
2: at the time when I was younger, I would have gone for it. If it would be me now, I would say no. Because I'm kind of a different person now. I don't desire uh, to be on a major label and have huge success with music. I just do it more for the love of it and um, if some people can hear it and it helps them, then, then that's good. But I don't like the idea, like, for example, if we would have been on a major label, a lot of times you have to write 40 songs and they choose the best pen. And I'm kind of a DIY person. I, I like to keep the art and the music usually in its original form.
0: get enough of the slow coming day song police and paramedics before we get into the band's new indie vision music release i asked orion about how the band's song a mere accident ended up on an emo diaries compilation a little earlier on you mentioned about being on quite a few compilations something on your website says and i'm going to quote this it says the most notorious being deep elms records emo diaries chapter eight It included your song, A Mere Accident. What was it that made the Emo Diaries notorious?
2: Yeah, um, well, really what made them notorious was that Deep Elm originally, the very first Emo Diaries, and this goes way back to, I think, the late 1990s, um, before I was really even into that genre of music, Deep Elm, on their first couple Emo Diaries, put out these bands, the Get Up Kids, Jimmy World, and others that were the staples of that genre and we were on a later version of that and it was mostly european bands that were on that compilation believe it or not i was traveling in italy one of my friends his cousin knew slow day from the deep elm emo diaries
0: oh wow in
2: europe (laughs) so um it is still notorious.
0: <laughs>
2: so, but that was just interesting. You never expect somebody, you know, you've never met in Italy to know your band. So that was a pleasant surprise.
0: I guess this sounds like a fan's fantasy story that here you are almost a decade and a half. A slow Coming Date reunited for a show in 2018. What was your motivation for getting back together?
2: Well, you know, part of it was we just wanted to hang out again. Um, The second aspect was I've done solo music for 10 years. I wanted a little bit of a break and to delve back into the rock genre with writing and and even just playing because I haven't done it in so long. You know, Filcoming Day did have a lot of members off and on, but my idea was to get the core group of guys back together. And the truth is is that in 2015, we gathered together here in, in Orange County where we started as a band. And we had some band practices with all the, the original guys, me, Brad, Matt, and Brian couldn't be there, but us three were there. And our, one of our friends played bass, who uh, also wrote one of the songs on the new album, Brandon Queen. So we, three original band members, we uh, were practicing, and the idea was to play a couple shows with May. Because really, Dave, for May, was kind of an instigator of getting Slokamine Day back together. He was the one that put it in my brain, you know, because I saw him in Nashville and he said, Orion, oh what if Slokamine Day got back together? Believe it or not, I said two things. I said two nevers. I said, Slokamine Day will never get back together, and I will never move back to Nebraska. And I did both of those things. <laughs> both of those <laughs> things happened. So, you know, I've learned not to say never anymore. You know, May, I think their management chose a different band to open up on that tour, which is probably good because we hadn't practiced very much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we ended up in deciding, we said, hey, you know, it would be really cool to do a reunion concert in California, and we contacted Aaron, who runs Joshua Fest, and he's like, I'd love to have you guys come. He was really stoked. He was excited about it. So we got together and practiced, and we did the reunion show just as a three-piece. Um Brad, the original guitar player, uh, we're, we're still friends, and he just doesn't want to play live anymore. So, yeah, it was all original band members. We had Dave, the bass player from Farewell to Familiar, and then Matt, the drummer before Farewell to Familiar, so the original drummer. So three original guys, and we played at Joshua Fest, and we had a great reception. The people liked it, and we played during the day, and we got to some you know kind of open up for, for King and Country. So I'm not complaining. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And that's kind of what spawned the idea of doing a new album. And it wasn't my idea, really. Um, my idea was just to put out one single, which is the song All Things New, which kind of has a postal service feel and a- an electronic feel. Then Matt, the drummer, said, hey, why don't we put out like a new album? Because maybe the old bands would like to hear it, you know. And me and Brad met once for coffee in Huntington Beach here where I am on vacation. And he said, what if we did slow coming day, but it was like more electronic sounding, electronic drums. So it has a little bit different sound. And that's what birth 1000 years like a day.
0: there was an older Slow Coming Day song, A Mere Accident. Let's head into the conversation about the just-released album A Thousand Years Like a Day and a song from that album called Maybe. That album has a perfect title. Yeah, A Thousand Years Like a Day. <laughs> has it felt like yeah, a thousand yeah. years since the last Slow Coming Day release?
2: Absolutely, and, you know, it. it is fitting uh, and it also kind of explains the band name, too, and this idea of a thousand years being a day, and a day like being a thousand years to God. And um, so it explains our name, and it is fitting because it's been a long, long time since we put out new music. So,
0: Well, there's no question that, as you mentioned, in the early days, Slow Coming Day had an emo influence. So what about now? Do you still find that's part of the music?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, of course, I've grown up and I'm, I'm in my thirties now and so is everyone else in the band. And, um, listening again, uh, to some of the bands that really influenced me, like Jimmy Eat World, the Get Up Kids, Mineral, all these bands that really influenced us. Um, and a lot of those bands have done reunion tours, like the Get Up Kids did a reunion tour. Mineral got back together and did, did a tour and I saw them live for the first time it reminded me of like a music genre that I listened to that I'd forgotten about. And I, I got to come back to. And so listening again to that style of music, then I wanted to write that style of music again. And the guys each contributed their part. So how it basically worked was I would record the ideas on my laptop and I would send them over to the bass player and the bass player, you know, he bought a little bit of recording gear and he, he track his bass lines, and then, on a couple tracks, the drummer, we have actually live drums. Um, and the other drums are electronic. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of the band members, um, I just sent like a vocal and a, a, guitar line to them through email. And then they wrote the other parts around it. So it's truly an album that was put together like the postal service did in the early two thousands where they sent tracks from email. And so that's how that album was birthed with us being in all separate states. So i live in Nebraska. Dave lives in Indianapolis, Indiana. The other guys live here in LA. And um, the drummer, Matt, lives in Portland, Oregon. So, (laughs) probably different place. Yeah.
0: I love that. Something I found interesting about A Thousand Years Like a Day is that it heads in all kinds of directions. I mean, it's bright pop music, it's stripped down acoustic, it's love songs, it's political, it's indie rock. Is mixing the styles an advantage?
2: Yeah, I think so. I knew that it would be an eclectic album because some of the songs I didn't even write. For example, the song "Shoe Ships and Ceiling Wax." Mm-hmm. Brandon from Coming Day, uh, a later member of the band, wrote all the music behind it, and I sang over it. So this was new to me, you know. So that was a really cool experience, and also let the song "Let Go." Brandon writes the music, and I sing over the top of it. Um, the other songs um, I wrote the music for, then the other band members contributed their parts. But I knew that it would have that acoustic feel because of my solo stuff I play acoustic. So that was natural that there would be an acoustic song. With the indie rock vibe and emo vibe, I wasn't sure what would really come out as I hadn't written in the genre for over 10 years. So
0: <laughs>
2: it's uh, definitely, I knew that it would have color and we have variation you know and yeah, i really like albums that don't stay the same throughout
0: absolutely
2: for some people they don't like that and so of course i know some old fans won't necessarily like it because it does have a different sound
0: Something else about the album is that it's much more upfront about your faith. Like on the song, A Bolt of Lightning, where it says, they say that one day you'll come again, not even the angels know when, anticipating the slow coming day, waiting for change. So it brings up the question, has your faith outlook changed since those early days?
2: Absolutely, yeah. You know, what happened really for me, you know, in my faith was that I had strong faith, and then I basically completely turned my back on it, and I lived a life that was very cruel and very dark, a life that I'm not proud of now, but it did happen, and then God, He did intervene, and that kind of changed my life back around, but my faith is different now because I've seen really dark parts. You know, I've I've lived on the dark side of things, and I will say that it's much better to be on the side of light (laughs) than on the side of dark. But you know, that brought me to really sing about my faith. That's why I do that on this album. When farewell to the familiar came out, a lot of people were expecting us to sing about faith and I didn't do it. But if you look on the part of me died EP that came out before, I do subtly talk about faith, but it's very subtle and only one song. Um, on this new album, 1,000 Years Like a Day, I talk about faith in like about half the album. True. Half the album is about love and, and infatuation still. Kind of like Cap- the new Captivated is like first sight on the new album. And then there is, you know, Maybe and Shoe Ships and sealing Wax, which all talks about infatuation, love here on earth. And then the other songs really do talk about, you know, all things new and likable to lightning. The, the second coming in Christ. Just kind of, Looking forward and anticipation for that.
0: to talk about the title track, A Thousand Years Like a Day. The lyrics speak of opposites, like love and hate, dark and light, right and wrong. Which way is society heading right now?
2: I think it's totally headed in a dark direction. But at the same time, there's that juxtaposition where if I look only for bad news, I'll find only bad news. But if I look for the good, there is good will come, and good is still present on the earth as believers we are the hands and feet you know so it's our job to take action and to help other people it's not someone else's job that's our job and so this is one thing that's changed about my faith we can see it all over that the world as we know it is growing darker hate is increasing but at the same time love is also present you know focusing on that and As believers and as Christians, our only call is to to love one another, you know, and uh, we can make it really complex, but actually it's better to bring it back and just keep it really simple. Our call is just to love each other. And if we're doing that, then we are bringing love. That love combats the evil. That's why I sing about that in that song. (laughs) You know, all these juxtapositions, dark, white, love, hate. I even go out and say money and God, and, and it's kind of this, uh, really make the listener think, you know <laughs> to think about why. So
0: yeah. Yeah, it makes them think about supporting TV evangelists.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um and you know, some people uh that have heard the album they're like, Man, that song's it's pretty rough, you know, like and I'm like, Well yeah, I recorded the vocals with the mic from Radio Shack. So <laughs> You know, I'm like, because a lot of people were expecting the quality of Farewell to familiar, and I'm like, well, that's not really fair, because this is an indie release with IndieVision, and uh, it was a self-recorded album. So we didn't have a budget of 8000 to $10,000 for this. It was a really DIY.
1: Sunrise 1000 years is like a day
0: The great title track a thousand years like a day coming from the band's new album and i'm so glad that they came back to record this release tonight we said hello to the reunited slow coming day next week we give a sad goodbye to spirit and the bride hardcore fans have long loved this band and the antidote is planning a big send-off for them on our next episode as i speak with the band members of spirit and the bride It's time to get back on track with my talk with Orion Walsh of Slow Coming Day and another great song called What Happened. See you next time. So maybe some people didn't care for the DIY aspect of the music itself, but it's the content of it. So how do you think people will respond to A Thousand Years Like a Day?
2: Well, I know that they've been listening to it, and that's really cool. And that makes me happy. Then I've I've done my job as a band leader. Um, and we've done our job as a band and I guess as a band, our hope is that people will listen to it and that they will remember, like if they have faith that it, it strengthens them in their faith. And also hopefully it pulls in their heartstrings a bit, uh, with the songs about romantic love <laughs> and hopefully it's just warms people's hearts, you know, and it gives them hope in a dark time. That was really only our, our only mission. It, it wasn't to, uh, to get big again, <laughs> you know, that's not the goal behind this. It was really to give our old fans and maybe some new ones, some new music to have 15 years later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm assuming that people don't have to go to MySpace to get this album. So <laughs> where do they get no, it? No.
2: no, they can get it. Uh, it's, of course, on Vision uh, Music Records. And Vision is selling a CD on their website. So if, they, if people do want to hear a CD, they can go to IndieVision Music, and they'll see Slocum Day's album come up there. They can click on it, and they can order a CD. It's only $5 from the label. Or they can go to Spotify or to iTunes and stream it. Or they can even go on our Slocum Day's Facebook page, and they can buy a download from us if they want um, on our Bandcamp page. And um, that's cool if they want to pay and download it. Or they can also stream it there. So can listen in all those different ways.
0: So cool. Orion, thanks for coming for this talk. I really appreciate it.
2: No problem. Thanks for having me on the show, and um, I hope it warms up there for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, enjoy your time in California.
2: Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it, man.
0: Could someone please tell me what
1: happened here? Stone Cold sober. Got married was the way from